Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today I have a lovely guest with me. Her name is Margaret Thorley. She's a fellow UK Brit like myself. Welcome to the podcast, Margaret. Thank you very much for having us. (laughs) Thank you. I'm looking forward to the chat. (laughs) It's lovely to have you. And what I really like about what we're going to share today is, is something quite unique that we've not done on our podcast before. And that's to talk about single fathers and, you know, the fact that we want to salute them and give them a bit of a pat on the back and tell them they're doing an amazing job. Because I think that is an area you're quite passionate about, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's a very much an area that I'm passionate about um, because um, we set up our company, which is a charity specifically to work with single fathers. Because when I was working with the company, I found that um, when I was working with the company as a business mental coordinator, I found during my journey on that a lot of lone fathers weren't getting the support that they needed. So when I faced redundancy about 2011, and I thought, you know what, it'd be a great opportunity to set up something specifically for them. So we've been working with them, single fathers, since 2011. But now we've opened the doors to have single mothers coming in. But, you know, when it's a single parent, us women, hands goes up and, you know, and I just thought it'd be really nice this time to really focus on the men, you know, because I think they're doing an amazing, amazing job. They certainly are. And they they rarely get recognised or given a pat on the back. So... When it comes to advising single guys about, you know, getting them ready for actually getting back into dating, what is it you actually advise, Margaret? Uh, the thing about it, that you know, the guys, they're really very private and they don't really talk much. But specifically, I specialize working with them in terms of maybe they want to go into business and they want to go into employment. And then we may end up talking about their children. So I become like a sanding board for them where they then just come in and share with us really, really comfortably. But sometimes I try to press the button, one or two buttons to talk about the day in the field and everything. Um, a, sh- a story I wanted to share with you was a guy that um, was referred from the job centre and I think the baby was about six, seven months old and he really, really loved his um, his girlfriend very much and then the girlfriend became sick after the baby and he was sent- sanctioned for mental mental um, mental illness so um, she couldn't cope at all so at the end she at the end he had to take over he had to take completely control and his journey was very very painful because he really loved this woman but obviously she wasn't capable enough to bring the children so social service was involved and eventually he had to fight to have the child and everything like that and as he came to see me uh because he wanted to set up his own business and his computer because he had to keep 
give up his major job, which was earning a really good salary to bring up um, his daughter. You know, so we were just talking about business and setting up. And I looked at him and I said, you know, how are you coping on the other side? He said, whichever side? I said, like the dating. He said, what's that? I forgot about that. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and to me, as he said that, and I'm thinking, I looked through, I said, I know where you are. Because I understood him straight away. Because normally when we look at single fathers, we don't really think about that issues. We only think about us women struggling going on a date. But again, I realized they too struggle a lot, you know, uh, to, to find a partner who's going to accept them. And particularly for him, the baby was still quite young. Mm. So, uh, you know, as we had the conversation going back and forth between business, between dating, between having a relationship. And uh, the really great thing about it, he came back and said, to be really honest, I don't think I'm ready for dating right now because I've got a young child. I It's my first time being a father, um, trying to come off the job center, trying to build a business. So I don't think I'll think of that. But I really salute him at that time because being the first child bringing up on his own, and I thought that was extremely amazing. So yeah. Good for him. And I, and good for you as well to know, um, because I think quite often what happens is that when, you know, um, we try to talk to guys because they see it as a bit of a sign of weakness to admit they need any help in any area of their lives. And that's just a generalisation, but it is, you know, generally true of um, the male sex that they, they are very private they do want to solve their own problems. And it's usually the women, you know, that look for self-help. And it's usually the women that want to seek um, out other women and share what they want to share. And, and they, women love to seek help from others. And, and that's why I think, you know, there's so much of a, a mismatch in the percentages of women uh, who seek help externally compared to men. So I commend you for sort of gaining his trust in that regard. And, and I commend him as well for realising he he probably wasn't ready because it's, it's you know, it's sometimes good to embrace being single, isn't it? Yes, it's definitely, definitely very good to embrace single. For me, as I work with them, with the single fathers, as we uh, encourage them, motivate them, you know, I, I find a lot of them, they're not voicing that a lot. They've kept everything internally, and which sometimes affects them a great deal. But another thing that really opens the door for me to have a great understanding, of, uh, understanding about them, they suffer as single fathers the same issues we suffer. But it's just we as women, we, we've got used to, you know, juggling around where for them it's rather very difficult, like the school runs. And I had a, another single father in which really, I just smiled, who has been trying for over three years looking for a job, but obviously the school run was one of the biggest thing. And one thing that I find out as working with those men, it's that they're confident goal because they feel they are the men, they should be the breadwinner, not being at home, some of them felt that way. So that was a lot of pressure for them and the way their friends looked to them, some of them as well, where they had a really great network of friends after work, they go out, here he is, he couldn't do all those things. And I remember when he came to us, he was really down, he was really depressed. 
So I sat him down, we went through everything and we were talking. And I said, there's a course going, would you be interested in um, doing this course? The first thing he said, like we always said, it's childcare. So he says, I don't have any childcare. So I said, okay, I'm always late. I'm always in really, really late in the office and the course doesn't start at six. If it's okay with you, bring the child. I'm going to be in the office. The course finishes at eight. I finish at eight. Would that be okay? And he came along and um, he passed the course. He went on to get a job then in between us sneaking and said, well, you know, if you're worrying about childcare and everything, I've been getting on in terms of dating and having a girlfriend. He says, well, I've got one, but it just doesn't meet my daughter. So it just goes out when he had time to meet up with her. I said, how does she feel? He said, it's an arrangement that we put in a place and we agreed with it. So I said, wow, he people are here for you. You know, <laughs> so, we get, so we get some of those outcomes through like that. But it was a really massive opening for me of understanding how they two struggle, what we struggle. So, yeah. Definitely. And I, I feel that, you know, I think it's unfortunate for men that they can think it might be emasculating for them to be seen as the, as opposed the the carer of the kids rather than the, the main breadwinner. Because, you know, mm-hmm. traditionally, you know, masculinity and the male role within families and households is usually that they're their primary, usually breadwinner. Uh, yes. You know, and seen as the protector and um, the, the the provider for the family, and it's usually traditionally, usually, the women that stay home and you know care for the children. So to be put in that role of probably quite unexpectedly, and then to sort of think to themselves, well, how do my friends perceive this? You know, am I going to be seen as um, you know, uh, some sort of weak? masculine man now rather than a strong masculine man it's a shame that you know that they even have those thoughts cross their mind because they can obviously be healthy masculine males within a caring role can't they yes they indeed they can do they can do but sometimes it's i think also just like you said how do the friends seize them because here they are they have a job they have that circle of friends and all of a sudden that circle of friends is breaking away and here they are now on their own bringing up these children another thing that they go through a lot which we long parents go through a lot as well is the finance side of it you know we got used as females so like you know you put a penny here you put this there you put that for them sometimes it's really difficult particularly if is they've just entered that role all of the sudden, you know. So a lot of them tend to obviously go in and they tend to lose those friends and that kind of support sort of moves away and trying to find a, a female friend who is just like a sounding board to them becomes rather, rather difficult for them. But a lot of them, yes, they do suffer to say, oh my God, you know, I'm supposed to be the man and the provider of for the house and that kind of thing. But now here I am bringing up my child, but they have great fun with them, particularly like when I see them, when they come in with their children, if they struggle with childcare and I have a good laugh with them, with their children. So yeah. That's great. And I think it's it's good to endorse, you know, that they do obviously do a great job of bringing up their own children. And that in some cases can be very beneficial. I think especially sometimes if they've got sons, you know, to because quite often 
aren't lads usually when it's single parents brought up by their mothers and without any sort of strong male role models around so i think it's quite nice actually you know for 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 um potentially obviously that it's beneficial for daughters as well but i think more so for sons to have that positive real male role model within their lives no, definitely. I mean, as you brought that up, um, uh, another case just literally come off my head, which is um, another single father that been referred to me as well. And he had two boys, one at 14, one is about 12, 13. And um, obviously, here he is. He's got two boys. Here he is. He's not working. So the older one couldn't understand why dad was at home. So whenever he wanted to discipline the, the son, the son would turn around and say, well, what are you doing? You're at home all day long and you don't do anything. You've got no job, so you, got, you haven't got anything. So there was that sort of going back and forward, particularly with the older child, which really brought his confidence really, really low. So he was desperate to get a job just to prove to his son, look, yes, I can work. But as much as he's trying to explain to his son, look, I had to be at home to bring you up to, you know, making sure you're safe, making sure this is fit. But I think that where the child was, couldn't understand it, was rebelling or wanted to do his own thing. And that creates a lot of friction to them. But as I worked with them for about six months, going back and forth and just supporting him, just being another sounding board, and then gradually he got a job. We bring him to a a place where he was confident because one of the things we needed to do was build this confidence because a lot of them, their confidence really goes low because they, they are at home all the time. So that kind of confidence just really go down. And so what I then did was build up his confidence and make sure that he was okay. And then from there on, he got a job and almost, um, he's got a brilliant job. And I remember going for an interview so he had two jobs. He said, what do I want to do? I said, go for both jobs. I said to him, one was in the evening, one is in the afternoon. I said, one of your son is already old by the time you come home about five or six o'clock. So trying to give him those tools that he can juggle that it is okay to get that job and finish at five, you know, or if not, put the younger one at um, a play scheme until you pick him up and come in. And um, I'm happy to say I saw them about, six months ago he's doing really really well and um now his older son is at university because the fact he saw that was working that was bringing the money he wasn't having to worry that he didn't have enough money to give to him and yeah so they do you know sometimes they do have that problem that we also have as a, as women you know when our kids don't see us going to work so they have that as well Definitely. I think as well, sometimes as we as women can project what we think is, you know, appropriate child rearing or child care, especially on our sons. And obviously that's going to be very different because we have a very different model of the world to, to men. And, and one example of that, which I think is quite a funny story, is that, you know, um, I can remember that, that uh, there was a husband and wife and, and there was a time where, she had to leave him in charge because she had to go away on some something to do with business, I think, for her business that she was involved in and leave him in charge of the lads. And then <laughs> when she got back, 
she, she, I think was, she was away for a couple of days. She was asking, you know, how the bedtime routine went with the, the boys. And the boys were saying it was absolutely great. You know, they had a bit of rough and tumble with the dad. And one of the lads had been a bit poorly and had had a bit of diarrhea, you know, had, had a bit of various severe stomach upsets. But instead of, because it was quite a nice day, so, but instead of putting him in the bath as what the wife would do, put him in the bath and game change, what he'd done is he'd put, he'd put his son in the back garden and hosed him down <laughs> with a hose pipe. <laughs> and that just goes to show, you know, that... That men and women do things differently, but it doesn't mean he's wrong, you know, for doing it his way, you know, the way dads bond with their sons. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that was the quickest solution he could think of for the time then. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't think she was very impressed, but I had to sort of say to her, well, you know, look, men think differently to women. They behave differently to women. They are physically different to women. But just because he chose, you know, to hose him down with the, <laughs> the hose pipe rather than put him in the bath doesn't mean his way was wrong. And she, she got it in the end. You know, she really understood because uh, at the time she was quite cross with him. <laughs> <laughs> because that was his understanding of uh, what to do. So, yeah. But again, for me, I really, really salute the men, like I was saying to you, you know, the, the difference, the challenges that they go through. And um, I just want to give them a platform where they can come in and speak out and voice out what they're going through. So just even having this conversation, maybe there's somebody there that may be able to um, to benefit from it. So, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I think it's about not educating only men around, you know, it's okay to be a single father and still be perceived as being, you know, a healthy masculine energy, but also educating women to know that, you know, they may parent their kids very differently and that doesn't mean it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think because it's not really quite talked about a lot as well. And uh, so we don't see that every day. No. Yeah, so we, 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 we don't see that every day. Um, what an amazing work that they're doing. Absolutely. And I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's important to raise women's awareness around the fact that, you know, if it's not a life or death situation, just because he does something differently or not as good, perhaps, as well, the way you perceive it ought to be done, then it doesn't make him wrong. <laughs> no, definitely doesn't. And, and parenthood, we, even though we as women as well, we, we handle it differently. The way you may do things, it could be different the way I may do things and look at it. But yes, there is a lot of pressure for the, for the men uh, as it comes through. There is a lot of pressure. But like you rightfully say, we need to change that. We need to change that mindset. And I believe that's why I'm so passionate about it, that I do a lot of posting and uh, whenever I can, I will sort of like send a message of encouragement out there for them, you know, so. Well, my yeah. hat goes off to you. And I think it's, um, you know, something that, that needs to be done more of within the world, you know, giving these single fathers a very big pat on the back and, and giving them credit where credit's due. And, and um, you know, if they do think of unique ways to, you know, bath their children, then that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Definitely. But the most amazing thing about this, I remember just putting a post, the very first post that I put up, 
just to test the water on, you know. And I had so many women that came through and literally say, I was brought up by my, by my father. And I was brought up by my single father. I'm like, wow, there is a need out there to, to talk about it, to bring it out. Because uh, a lot of uh, maybe those young girls at the time, they probably think they're the only one in that situation. But to know that through that post, there were so many. And I think, yes, it needs to be talked about. But I was really amazed at the response that I got at the time. Well, you know, as we all know, just because we're women doesn't make us great at childcare either. You know, I think we've all probably know of through our own experience or other people's experiences that, you know, some parents or one of the parents isn't necessarily a great role model for parenting. But it's true. And that's having both parents all together as well. So can you imagine you've got to do it by yourself as a single father, you know? Mm. So it is a lot. It is a lot. And I really, really salute them with all my heart because I think they're doing an amazing and a fantastic job. And even just uh, as we say and talking, there was another story out there, a young, uh, very young father that comes and I think he was just 22, 23. So he was really quite young. And the, plus the child wasn't, um, had a lot of hospital appointment and it was stressful for him, you know, having to attend appointments and how to do this and, and then attending ch um, parental um, classes, training at the same time. And just being there and saying, it is okay, you know, all right, at the moment, all this is going to pass away. Because at the time, he couldn't see, you know, that all this will pass away. Just saw all these things just happening to him all at one go. But to actually walk with him and walk through with him to say, no, it is okay. It will pass through. Yes, the child will get better. It is a journey for you and the child. And in fact, you will bring you and the child a lot more closer. Just to sit there and have somebody telling him all those things, it was really great for his confidence and knowing that he's in the right place and he's doing the right thing. So, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant, Margaret. So so what is it that sort of made you go into this particular industry or, or want to sort of do something a, around this particular niche, if you like? Um, like I said to you earlier on, because um, my background is business, you know, because I started my own business at the age of 21 and then just progressed running business after business. Then when 9-11 happened, I had to close one of my business and I had to, in fact, I had to close the businesses because I couldn't um, cope anymore. The stress was too much. Um, we're losing a lot of money and, you know, it was too stressful. I'm almost facing bankruptcy. So the best thing was to do was just to close the business, took time out and went back to college and did um, a mentoring course and did a counseling course and then I did a coaching course. And then eventually, I've never worked for anybody, so you can just imagine me looking for a job and um, never had to worry about uh, school runs too tough because I've always had an old pair, I've always had something. But, you know, there is support that I've always put in place. And here I am now looking for a job, finally got a job as a, a business a mentor coordinator specifically for lone parents. And I realized as I go into the job center, to the community health centers and meeting these different parents, 
I realized a lot of the lone fathers won't get that support. They need that. The support was there, but they're not accessing it because of a kind of stigma, kind of feeling shame that they're actually in getting benefits at the mm. job center other than being here. And as I've worked for this company for a long time, and I realized, and I said, you know what, when I finish with them, then say, I thought, right, that's it. I'm going to set up uh, this company to make sure that the lone fathers, that they're going to get all the support that they need. Even if it's just a standing board, that they can just come in and sit down and talk, just open up their heart and make sure that they are feeling safe to share and they're not going to be judged in any form or shape and at the same time they get the right support so for me that was it that's what made me start the, um, the business for lone fathers that's excellent I, sal- I salute you margaret for, for for spotting that niche and that, that need so if yeah. there are listeners that would like to get in touch with you and know more about what you do and how you help um single men specifically as and I'm, I'm guessing also single women as well uh, who are, are parents coping mm-hmm. on their own yeah. what is the best contact information you can provide well right right now they can go to my website which is www.margaretstorley.com that one there you can see videos works that we do but in terms for the company they can go www.hnrtrainingprofessional.co.uk and that one is specifically to do with training, coaching, which is a way being funding, being funded by the borough and the local government. So those kind of training is really free for them to come in. And um, yeah, if they live local in Enfield, North London. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's very useful information. And also I'll make sure that information is provided in our show notes as well for our listeners to access. Also, I believe you've got a, a book out, which uh, yeah. we had a little bit of an off-air conversation about. So tell the listeners what you, the name of the book is that you've got out. Uh, the name of the book is The Single Mother and the Dating Game, Tips on How to Manoeuvre the Dating Minefield. Because as far as I'm concerned now, <laughs> the dating scene is like, a, it is like a minefield. It's not like our days, you know, you can go to a bar, you go into a nightclub, you go there, you meet people. But now it's all, everything's almost online, you know, everything's online, people are on the phone and everything. So, yeah. But for me, I specifically wrote the book because um, both of my sons have grown up. And um, like my youngest one is now 22. So I put my life on hold in terms of going on a date, uh, you know, trying to build a new business. And I couldn't do the three things, bringing up children, building a business, and um, going on a date. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. So I dropped that. And then after my son was about 18, and he start going now. He start having a girlfriend. I'm thinking, oh my god, what are you gonna do? You know, home alone, mum kind of <laughs> thing. Like all of a sudden, the bells went um, dingling on my head. You need to go on a day. You need to get alive. And uh, eventually, I did. After nine years going on a date for the first time. Oh my god, what a disappointed that was. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was so disappointing. I'm like, oh my god, what did I miss? what happened and also the shock that pretty much everything 
it's online you know people are doing a lot of online dating and it's something i've never really thought of although my friends always say that to me so i thought um what does successful women do after their children all grown up and everything are they quite settled um their business or work or whatever so they're quite settled they're comfortable within themselves what do they do? What happened to them if they want to go on date? And that was it. So sounds like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I forgot to cross you there. But it sounds like a whole new podcast episode to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must have you on again to talk about specifically, you know, the book and the information that you provide in that. But certainly, you know, if listeners want to access that, I'll make sure the link for that book, the single mother and the dating game or is it a single mother sorry and the dating game the link for that is also put in the information for the for the audience members to access so on that note i'd like to thank you ever so much margaret for being a guest on the hearts entwined podcast it's been a really interesting unique subject and topic that we've spoke about today and um yeah hopefully we'll have you on again to talk about the book in a bit more detail Oh, I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure sharing with you, with my passion, what I'm passionate about. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And remember, listeners, Mm -hmm. always remember, true love starts with opening your hearts. So for now, until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.